This is episode 647 of the AWS podcast, released on January 8th, 2024. G'day everyone. Quick update on the AWS podcast scheduling for 2024. We're going to move to a model where we have an episode each and every Monday, but also sometimes we'll have an additional episode on Thursday. But we won't be having quite as many episodes as before. We're trying to balance out the right amount and it's always a case of experimentation. So we'd love to get your feedback as to whether you prefer it or not. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. Keep on listening and keep on building. Welcome to the AWS podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Ford, and this is a unique episode that I've got for you here today. So Amazon Q was announced at reInvent, and it's really unique in that it's not just a standalone service, but it's also used in a number of other different services as well. So this interview is going to be different where I'm going to be talking to product managers of Amazon Q and how it's used in other services in AWS. So you can start to get a flavor of how it is that you can really leverage generative AI to be productive, for a wide range of use cases based on what it is that you're looking to achieve in 2024. Amazon Q, think of this really as a generative AI assistant for three categories, I like to think about it. So the first is you want to be more productive for whatever workflows you're doing, maybe text summarization, other types of question and answer, but really around your own business data. And the second use case is really being able to be more productive with AWS. So asking maybe questions about things related to AWS, doing AWS specific things and being able to automate those tasks. And then the third is being able to leverage generative AI in AWS services themselves. So you're going to get a sneak peek from all of those different use cases today. Each of these different conversations that I'm going to have all around Amazon Q. So the first one is going to be on how Amazon Q can really be used as your business expert. And I've got an expert on Amazon Q for this use case, Sonal. So Sonal, do you want to introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do at AWS? Absolutely. Thank you, Jillian. Hi, everyone. I'm Sonal Pardeshi. I'm a senior manager for product management uh, AWS. I am working on Amazon Q for business and would love to uh, tell you a little bit about it. So I feel like everyone just wants their own assistant, their own little chat, but like a pet these days. Amazon Q, can you tell people more about really what it is for this specific use case? Yeah, for sure. Amazon Q is a generative AI assistant that can help customers to really get accurate answers based on their business data. So it gives you these answers in a secure, timely fashion. And what's great about it, Jillian, is that it also provides a natural language conversational interface over your enterprise data. You can upload file, you can analyze content, you can take actions against your favorite applications. Let's say you you work with Zendesk or Slack. You can take all of those actions from inside Amazon Q. And you can also get creative. You can build content, like you can have Amazon Q write emails for you, create reports, and much more. 
Wow, that is so cool. I want to learn more. So let's get into how it actually helps specifically with a customer's like business use case. Definitely. What we hear from our customers, Jillian, is that organizations are sitting on really large amounts of information. And this information is spread across so many different systems, right? So you have, let's say your documents, you've got your applications and services that you interact with, you have your repositories. And with Amazon Q, customers can actually connect to all of this business data, this information and these systems. So for example, we have 43 pre-built connectors for popular applications and services. They also provide you with a vector index so that you can synthesize all of these documents that are sitting in the enterprise. And based on this content, Amazon Q can give you tailored assistance. It can tailor the answers to help employees get answers, solve problems, generate content, and take actions for their business. When we were building Amazon Q, our goal really was for every employee to be able to excel at their job using this conversational interface. And because our answers are specific to organizational context and giving you that domain specificity, then customers can get business relevant, accurate results. So let me put that in the context of an example. You might have, let's say, a marketing manager who is launching a product. I work with marketing managers often, so I know their process. And typically, let's say the marketing manager wants to write a blog to promote the product. They can do that with Q. Or if you're a sales leader that wants to create, let's say, a customer engagement strategy for a critical customer account, you can do that with Amazon Q. Or you might be a clinician in, let's say, a research company and you have very long and uh, dense research reports, you will be able to summarize them quickly with Amazon Q. So all of these different users can rely on Amazon Q for help and contextual help and save many hours on the day-to-day -day tasks, things that took uh, multiple hours, let's say, to go through you know, different systems and information can be done very quickly through Amazon Q. So that's why we call Amazon Q your generative AI assistant for work. That's really tailored to your business, your data, and your operations. Wow. There were a bunch of different scenarios you gave, and I just want to make sure I got all of them and that we didn't miss any. So you were talking about content generation as one example. You gave an example with summarization and then question and answer. Were, are there any other use cases that I missed? Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the use cases, Jillian. So, you know, as we discussed earlier, Amazon Q can help you get answers to questions. Uh, that spread across different systems and applications. The other one is content generation. So you can use Amazon Q to write content like blog posts, social media taglines, draft emails, or even build, let's say, content proposals. And all of this is built based on your enterprise knowledge. The other one would be summarization. This is a really common use case that we see customers use Amazon Q with. You can generate summaries of existing documents. You can also generate summaries over uploaded files so that uh, let's say I have a local file on my desktop, I can upload it and quickly understand what's the gist of the document that I am looking at. Finally, I will also call out analysis. This is another popular use case for Amazon Q where customers might be looking at different documents side by side and they want to be able to compare them or extract insights from them. And again, I'm happy to put this in an context of an example or a scenario for you. So let's say that you're a sales manager and you ask Amazon Q questions about your customer's profile, Amazon Q can give you a response. Let's say it looks at data in Salesforce, which you've connected to Amazon Q. 
So it can give you the customer report, the customer profile, and a summary so that you can quickly get prepped for that customer meeting. Now, let's say I read the summary, and as the sales manager, I want to ask more questions like, what products is this customer using? And how does this compare and contrast with the products that we want to sell to the customer? Well, Amazon Q can do that comparison for you. It can look across the documents, or let's say the web data that you may have crawled into your index, or even your past email conversations, and give you that comparison. You can check the sources and citations that are attached to each of the responses. So in this way, you can make sure that the information is accurate and verify that it is relevant. So, you know, that's a short scenario. I, I could go on and say that you can use Amazon Q to do more things like you can, based on this information, ask Amazon Q to actually create a customer proposal and then ask Amazon Q to write an email to be able to send along with the proposal to the customer. That's how you can think about the use cases and how they could actually be leveraged in a scenario. Wow. Just want to make sure I, I understand it. So it sounds like with you've got these connectors, you've got these data sources in AWS, customers can really create these complex workflows within Amazon Q to do a, a, I mean, a wide variety of tasks. You, the sales one you were talking about as an example. Did I get that correctly? Yeah, that's right. Amazon Q actually offers over 40 built-in connectors that customers can use out of the box. So these connectors can help you do things like extract content from different applications and services, uh, just to name a few, Slack, Zendesk, Dropbox, Microsoft Exchange, and many more. And using connectors makes it really easy to synchronize data from multiple content repositories into your Amazon Q index. So for example, you don't have to manually do this. You can schedule a sync to your index from a variety of these data sources, and you can determine the frequency. You can say, I want this to be refreshed every hour or every day. And in that way, you are going to be able to search securely over the most up-to-date content. And you can also incrementally sync new documents. So for example, if you have content in Zendesk that is being indexed on an hourly schedule, you can get the latest critical customer issues and any uh, conversations or escalations that may be taking place and be able to respond to them right away thanks to Amazon Q. Awesome. So I'm going to ask a question that I know is probably on listeners' minds and really about security. So can you tell us about how Amazon Q handles security? Absolutely, Jillian. So Amazon Q is an enterprise-ready application. And essentially, we are going to be able to uh, provide you with all of the identity, security, and the authentication and authorization mechanisms to be enterprise ready. And in terms of connectors, which we were just talking about earlier, let me expand on that. So the extraction of metadata and permissions from your systems that the connectors are integrating with is uh, going to be taking place and it will be fully managed with Amazon Q. So let's say you have local users and groups in Salesforce, which is basically defined in Salesforce, but may not be through your identity provider. Well, Amazon Q connector will respect those local users and groups. We will also enforce document level control. So the documents that are crawled into your semantic index, if there are permissions associated with those documents, let's say users and groups that can or can't see specific documents, those permissions will be respected. So for example, if I'm a user in the security team and I have an elevated set of permissions 
to be able to look at security related problems or issues, I can access those documents and I can look at that data. But Jillian, if you're not in the security team at uh, Amazon, then you may not have access permissions to that information and document level information. So you won't be able to get a response to the queries that might try to be asking for a question that is security related. So that's how you know we can think about from a user's perspective, maintaining safety and security. Amazon Q will give you the enterprise ready security and controls for you to be able to rely on. That makes everyone's life easier as they're thinking about permissions. So exciting. So anything else that you want to share with the audience? Yes, absolutely, Jillian. Amazon Q also provides a number of different controls. It was designed with responsible AI in mind. So let me tell you a little bit about the toxicity guardrails. We have inbuilt guardrails that protect customers against queries that may have offensive or illegal content. Right. So in that way, you can detect and remove these harmful content from the responses that are sent to your users. Another uh, control that administrators of Amazon Q can use to customize the experience is you can block a set of words or phrases that should not be allowed in the response. Let's say that, you know, you have a top secret project in your company that uh, shouldn't be shared broadly with employees. Well, you can say that that's a block topic so that it doesn't show up in responses that employees send inadvertently. Administrators can also apply topic guardrails. In addition to this, you can also handle how to apply the topic guardrails themselves. So for example, you can handle these different topics with a predefined message, meaning if I, as a user ask about a question about a topic that deemed blocked, then I will receive that custom predefined message uh, that the administrator has set up. You can also restrict your responses to enterprise content. So as you know, Amazon Q is a generative AI product. And so the model can bring you world knowledge, uh, but you can also restrict your answers specifically only to the enterprise content. So this is how you can use some of the topic filters. And not only can you apply them, you can define what specific users and groups in the enterprise will be blocked or will be able to see these topics, Julian. So that's a really great feature because let's say I am an HR team and I can look at policy related topics, but there are others in my organization that are not a part of the HR team and should not be able to see this information. Uh, the administrators can use these controls to say that these topics are allowable for the HR team, but not for others. So in that way, Amazon Q helps you to really create a customized experience for your business. Wow. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited. So Noel, thank you so much for being here on the AWS podcast. Thank you, Jillian. It's my pleasure. We're now on to segment two, where we're going to talk about Amazon Q's ability to really help developers be more productive in AWS. And for, for this section, I've got Massimo here. So Massimo, do you want to introduce yourself and what you do at AWS? Sure. Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Massimo Referent. I'm a director for product management at AWS, working specifically on Q and the AWS expertise of Q. Uh, this one I'm personally excited about because I'm a solutions architect, and so I like asking all of the questions I get from customers in Q to get insights on it. For those who aren't really familiar with Amazon Q in the console, can you tell them what is it? 
So Amazon Q is your assistant that knows everything about AWS. It has been trained on more than 17 years worth of content of AWS. And specifically in the console, you can find Q to ask all sorts of questions that cover part of the software development lifecycle. Especially in the console, you would ask questions like, you know, discovering AWS services, planning for new deployments, trying to explore integration of these services, and everything that allows you to get started inside the AWS cloud. Wow, super cool. So tell me more about some of the things that uh, Q in the console can actually help you with. So a good example is people that are new about AWS, they can start talking to Q and asking Q all sorts of questions. Like, for example, my, pre my, my preferred one coming from that background is how can I a container on AWS? Right. And we know that AWS is very flexible. It has a lot of services that allows you to run containers so that you can ask Q based on your own specific need. What is the best service for the purpose that you have in mind? Could be you want a simple solution to deploy containers or you want a more flexible solution to deploy containers based on your requirements it will allow you to explore more about those services so cool and i heard about instance selector network troubleshooting really cool things can you share more about what those are Oh, yes, for sure. So, so far we have been talking about the chat conversational interface in the console that allows you to have, as I said, the conversation to discover and explore AWS. But Q in the console is more than that chat interface. You can use Q to troubleshoot errors on your console. So, for example, when you try to deploy a container on Amazon ECS, for example, and you have a problem with that deployment because of a configuration uh, that isn't quite right or things like that, there is a button next to that error that is troubleshooting with Amazon Q that allows you to invoke Q in your troubleshooting and Q will go and help you figure out what's wrong with your configuration. In addition to these, some of the questions that you ask on the conversational interface may lead you to using additional capabilities of Amazon Q that allows you to troubleshoot network issues that you have, for example, or if you are exploring EC2, you may be using the capability that allows you to select a proper instance based on your particular uh, need, an EC2 instance based on your particular needs. That is super helpful. I'm sure a lot of people are going to definitely be using Q for those two areas. Maybe give some people some advice, like maybe from the private preview, I'm sure there was different clever ways that you saw customers leveraging Amazon Q. So I'd love to see if there's any takeaways that you learned from their experience that the listeners here can learn. Yeah, a lot of customers have told us that using Amazon Q has been very helpful for them to explore, as I said, AWS. Uh, one of the things that caught my interest is a particular feedback that someone gave me that was, instead of asking Q questions, this particular customer that was uh, testing the preview was trying to test the decision that he made alone and testing those decisions with Amazon Q. So instead of asking things like, what could I do to these, do these things? Uh, they would go and ask, I'm planning to do X, Y, Z. Would that make sense or things like that? And this would work also not only for the console, but also for other places where uh, Q is available, like the IDE, for example. And that example was specifically for building software, for example, or building program or scripts or things like that. That is so cool. What a clever idea. So let's go on to... Code Catalyst now. 
So the and the IDE specifically for developers. So can you explain more about Amazon Q in those contexts? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, everything that we have discussed in terms of the chat uh, capabilities, the chat conversational capability that you can find in the console, you can find them in the IDE as well. So Q is really your pair programming companion, so to speak, in the IDE. So in addition of being able to use inline coding suggestion, you can also use a chat interface to ask you software best practices or code snippets and things like that. But what happens in the IDE is that you have even more capabilities. And one of these capabilities is what we refer to as software development. So in in this case, what happens is that instead of having a very uh, dynamic transactional conversation with you, your assistant in the IDE and asking questions and building your own plan, building software in the IDE, you can assign Q a task that Q would go out and, and develop, right? So a typical example is instead of using like the chat to go back and forth with Q and asking questions about how you would run or how you would build a new API, for example, you would assign a task, a well-defined task to Amazon Q in the ID by saying, go out, build me this new API that does X, Y, Z and come back to me when you are done. The difference here is that instead of you owning the plan of the things that you need to do to build that API, you let Q own the plan to do that and actually eventually implement the feature that you are asking for. Wow, that is super cool. Um, I know there might be some people wondering because we've got a lot of AWS Power users. They know what's going on at AWS. I know we have Code Whisperer. So they're like, wait a minute, I know there's that coding companion. So do you have any, can you maybe clarify like what's the difference between this IDE for developers and Code Whisperer? Yeah, Amazon Q is the brain, the intelligence that provides the, the generative AI suggestion to our customers. Code Whisper is a productivity tool that you can install inside the IDE and actually as well as in the common line that allows Q to surface to the user. So you are actually using Amazon Q through Code Whisper, both in the IDE as well as in the common line. Wow, super cool. So is there any other advice that you have, or maybe you can say like, are there any other use cases that you saw of other developers during maybe the private preview of how they best used Code Catalyst and the IDE to give some advice to other people as they're getting started? Yeah, I would say my advice is come back and test it often, right? Uh, these things are moving at light speed. I mean, the innovation in this space is incredibly fast, right? So anything that you were not able to do yesterday, you may be able to do tomorrow. My advice is keep using it, come back, keep pushing the bar, and it's getting better on a daily basis almost, yeah. This is super cool. I'm excited for customers here, people who are listening. So Massimo, thank you so much for being here today. Sure. Thank you for having me. Now onto more exciting things in Amazon Q is code transformation. And I've got Vishvesh here to talk about this topic. So Vishvesh, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do at, at AWS? Hey everyone, I'm Vishvesh Sahasrabuddha. I am the principal product manager for the Amazon Q code transformation feature of Amazon Q. 
Super cool. So tell everyone, what is the Amazon Q code transformation feature? We have this problem of legacy applications where uh, maintaining and modernizing them takes an increasingly heavy toll for development teams and developers. It becomes a problem because developers need to keep up to date these applications with the latest language features, functions, firmwares. Many of these are required upgrades because otherwise they will fall behind on security security requirements or performance needs, features, etc. Uh, moreover, sometimes these legacy applications are written by people who have long left the company, so developers don't even know what they contain, so they need to relearn the entire application. This is where removing a lot of this undifferentiated heavy lifting is what we want to bring with Amazon Q Code Transformation. Wow, this is super exciting. So maybe you can get into the details of like what are some specific things that you're seeing customers do with Amazon Q Code Transformation? Started off with looking at Java as a canonical example of how we can help customers uh, get to the latest and greatest versions. In fact, we we are one of the largest Java uh, users in, in uh, using companies in in, uh, in the world, and uh, we have seen this problem where a lot of time developers have to compete on on getting their applications up to date versus shipping the latest and greatest features for Amazon.com or a new AWS service. And we want to provide help to these users. So what Amazon Q Code Transformation does is actually make it a pretty much a one-click experience where developers can, right from within their IDE, point their application and let Amazon Q analyze the code, identify what is required to do the update, in fact, transform the entire code, rewrite the entire code as needed so that it can work, and even do a full functional validation and testing so that developers know that what they are getting back is completely ready to be deployed. They can easily review this code right within their IDE and push it to production and be ready to be done. These processes usually used to take weeks at the minimum in our own company. In fact, many of these update campaigns usually used to run for months and even years. Now, Amazon Q Code Transformation a small team within Amazon was able to do a thousand applications in just two days. Wow, that is just absolutely amazing. Can you walk through really what's the process for a company to start actually being able to use Amazon Q code transformation? It's part of the Amazon Q builder package and actually is available today for any code visible professional user. So it's as simple as getting the latest plugin, signing on to your company credentials and starting using Amazon Q and clicking on transform. Uh, as long as your application is compatible, we support Java 8 and Java 11 type of applications and we click and we support one click upgrades to Java 17. We are already working towards supporting .NET applications and we'll be adding even more uh, transformations in the future. So stay tuned for more exciting things to come. Wow, I'm curious because I see a lot of this with the startups that I, I work with. They're pretty reactive. Like once they realize, oh, I need to actually go and do an upgrade or change my architecture, then they'll actually go and do it. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate. So is it something where you just leave it running and then it will perform the upgrade or do you have to go and schedule it? It is actually completely driven by the developers and users. So they can select when they want to do the transformation, how they want to do it, and which applications do they want to upgrade. The only thing that we say is that 
just leave it to us and we will do the entire upgrade of the application for you. So whenever they're ready, they can test it out and point to the which application they want to do. And we will do all the heavy lifting identifying what absolutely must be upgraded, what, what needs to be uh, updated so that new security features can be available and what performance benefits can be given. It's as simple as one click application to go. Okay, let me just repeat the workflow just to make sure that me and everyone, all the other listeners are kind of on the same page. So it sounds like um, the developer, they go into Amazon Q code transformation. They know that they want to actually go and do this upgrade. So they'll go in and they'll select uh, code transformation and it will then just do the magic behind the scenes. Absolutely. They just have to open the application within their IDE and point that application to the trans to code transformation, and we will do the magic behind the scenes. As you say, uh, we'll upload the entire application to our own secure build environment and do the entire analysis and updates and even building the code and provide you with a simple patch that we can view within your IDE to identify what changes are required and accept those changes. So the developers can drive the entire transformation from right within their IDE for any application they select. Well, that sounds pretty simple to me, which is awesome. Just want to make sure though, is there any other piece of advice or anything that you've seen from, you know, private preview working with customers that you want to suggest to the listeners here to make sure they're really utilizing it to the best of their ability? Yeah, so I think uh, there is always a art and a science to the application upgrades. You have to manage your dependencies. You have to figure out where, which order you have to apply. We can take any application and do the upgrade. You'd have the developers would want to look at whether their dependencies are updated beforehand or whether their own internal packages are updated. So they would have to take some handholding to make sure they identify the right order in which they want to do the upgrade. But once all the dependencies and frameworks are there available to be updated, we can easily do the complete transformation. Super cool. I'm excited. Vishvesh, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Now we are going to be learning about Amazon Q in Amazon Connect. And I've got here an expert on this topic, Andrea. So Andrea, want to tell everyone, what do you do at AWS? Thanks, Jillian. I'm Andrea Caldwell. I'm a product marketing manager for Amazon Connect. Awesome. So for folks who are not familiar with Amazon Connect, how would you describe it? Amazon Connect is a single customer experience application that helps companies of any size across industries offer a seamless experience and really accelerate their own CX innovation at a lower cost. It was built from the ground up with artificial intelligence, um, and it's based on the same technology that we use in Amazon retail contact centers today. So CX, I'm assuming that means customer experience, and let's kind of dive into that. So what are some of the top use cases that you're seeing for generative AI in improving the customer experience and specifically in a contact center? Generative AI really presents a huge opportunity across the contact center, whether that's delivering more human-like conversations for customers, delivering real-time assistance for contact center agents, uh, delivering accurate and concise summaries for contact center managers or even auto-generating data mapping um, used by administrators. And we actually launched a number of generative AI features at reInvent for all of these personas. And what I'll 
focus on, I guess, as a deeper dive is contact center agents. And we know that contact center agents play a really critical role in helping organizations build customer trust and loyalty. And we know that the job can be really challenging due to all the things that those agents have to manage. They help guide customers through complex questions and decisions, provide fast and accurate uh, solutions when issues arise. They help customers understand policies and terms, suggest new products and services, and capture a record of every customer interaction. There's a lot going on in their day-to-day work supporting end customers. And we're excited about how generative AI can help those contact center agents be more effective and more efficient in delivering great customer service by delivering them recommended responses and next best steps that can be shared with the customer that they're helping. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like a tough job and you have to navigate different customers and emotions in different mediums, whether it is that they're calling in, they're texting, or they're talking to you in a web chat. So I'm curious if Amazon Q is able to help contact center agents in all of these different mediums. Absolutely. So what's really exciting is that Amazon Q is available directly within Amazon Connect, right where contact center agents are already handling live conversations with customers, whether that's via phone call or via chat or SMS. Amazon Q in Connect uses conversational analytics and natural language processing to detect customer issues from that live conversation with the customer and uses that as the prompt. So that live conversation, along with your company's knowledge sources, are used to provide generated responses and solutions, like actions for the agents to take, um, that help them resolve customer issues quickly. And I think what's also helpful here is that agents can edit that recommended response as needed, and they can read it to a customer verbally or copy and paste it into the chat. And so it provides them that live support when they're talking to a customer. That's like amazing. I mean, being able to, in real time, being able to respond based on what someone's saying, and I can totally imagine it if someone's texting it or they're typing it in a chat, but in real time with audio, that's absolutely amazing. Um, And I definitely want to dive into it later, what a workflow is. But before I get into that question, I know that there's people who are listening and they would be thinking right now, I get that the call center agent and it for being the the audio use case, but what's the difference between Amazon Q in Connect versus if I were to just use Amazon Q by itself and be able to still build out the same features? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think the the differentiator here is that Amazon Q is available directly within Amazon Connect in that agent workspace. And so contact center agents don't have to navigate between different screens or different tabs. So it's right there available for them within Amazon Connect. And it's also using information from existing knowledge repositories that agents already have access to, like knowledge articles, wikis, FAQs, things they already are searching today to help customers. Uh, and, and it's using that knowledge um, and those repositories to generate those responses and solutions for your contact center agents. Wow, so cool. So let's kind of go through workflow. I think this will really help the listeners get a f- vision in their minds of what 
Amazon Q and Connect is actually really like. So if you could walk through a workflow and specifically if someone were to actually call in and a contact agent were to answer the phone and talk to them. So Amazon Q can detect that, for example, a customer is calling in about changing a travel reservation. And Amazon Q, again, works in the background, listens into that conversation to generate a response for the agent to quickly communicate how the company's change fee policies apply to this customer, and then guides the agent through the steps they need to update that customer's reservation. And let's say, for example, the agent needs more information. They can quickly click into uh, the source material that's used to generate the recommended response and solution in case they need to better understand the policy or read that source material. So that gives some assurance to the agent that this is a real answer and, and it's accurate. Agents can also then chat directly with Amazon Q right within the Amazon Connect agent workspace or your own agent desktop to get responses, actions, and links to more information, again, to quickly and accurately solve customer requests. So Amazon Q is using that live conversation about changing a travel reservation as the prompt, and also it can be used to chat. So an agent can chat with Amazon Q to get more information. Wow, that is so cool. So I'm sure the people who are listening and they're like the, the business users are like, they want to hear some metrics about really how this helps with agent efficiency. Could you dive in more of like, really, what are you seeing from the customers that you've already been working with the actual agent efficiency, let's call it in being able to actually help these agents be more effective? There's several different ways that customers that have been in our beta for Amazon Q and Connect and, and now using it since it went generally available at reInvent, ways that they've told us that this is having a real impact in their business. I think first, I mentioned earlier, information can be stored in a lot of different places, which you know, in the past can result in agents opening a bunch of different tabs and windows as they index through all of that information to find an answer. Instead of an agent needing to navigate across all of those repositories while the customer waits, and we can all, we've all been there where we've been waiting for an answer, uh, Amazon Q is helping agents focus on building loyal customer relationships and providing excellent service because they're given those recommended responses to quickly say or, or chat back to the customer. I think also by empowering agents to address customer needs across a really broad range of topics quickly and accurately, it can help increase customer satisfaction while also reducing agent training, resolution times, and costs. It helps make the job less stressful for contact center agents, helps new agents onboard faster, and experience agents more effective and be able to focus on those relationship building moments with customers. Like I mentioned, we had a number of customers that were in beta for this feature leading up to the launch at reInvent. And they were testing and giving us feedback before we launched as generally available. And customers across industries and verticals like retail and financial services have told us that Amazon Q and Connect will help them increase agent efficiency by 10, 15, 20%, which at the end of the day translates to real cost savings for those businesses, um, while at the same time helping to improve customer sentiment. That's amazing. I mean, 10, 15, 20%, that could be hours. I mean, that's time that people get back in their day. So cool. Wow. Andrea, thank you so much for being here on the AWS podcast. Uh, what else should listeners know? 
Amazon Q and Connect is generally available today, and it's available for no charge until March 1st, 2024. It's easy to enable. You can get started right within the Amazon Connect console, and we hope that you you check it out and let us know how it's impacting your business. Amazing. Andrea, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Jillian. Now we are on to our final segment in this magical tour of Amazon Q in all things AWS. And the final stop is in QuickSight. So now we're going to talk about Amazon Q and QuickSight. And I've got an expert on this topic, Zach. So Zach, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners and what you do at AWS? Yes, absolutely. Gillian, thank you. So good to be on. I'm Zach. I lead product for AI and ML, QuickSight, and I've been building software professionally for about 25 years, different companies like uh, Microsoft and Tableau and some startup work. And, and I got to tell you, like what I love about AWS is the depth of our customer focus and obsession. And, and so that really is kind of what brought me here to build some great AI capabilities. That is a thousand percent true. So for those who are not familiar with QuickSight, what is it? So QuickSight is our general purpose BI service, and it's good for any kind of BI. So you can use QuickSight to create dashboards and reports, and you can make it available a broad scaling organization. And so one of the things that you know really sets QuickSight apart is, as you would expect from AWS, its ability to scale scale and performance. And so actually don't have to think about, you know, putting out resources to manage it or machines or, or whatever. It's just in the cloud and it sort of provisions capacity as you need. And you don't even have to think about sort of what that is. You can also through QuickSight get some really great AI capabilities, which I think sets us apart. And so that's a bit of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we've just been learning about Q, and I know for the folks that who are listening who have been super AWS users, they're like, well, we've had Q in QuickSight for a while now with natural language processing. So tell us more about how you, our large language models are being able to be used in Q for Amazon QuickSight. That's right. So we originally launched Q back in 2020. So Q is an add-on to QuickSight that brings business users the ability to ask and answer questions of their data that they can't get from their dashboards and reports. And so this is really important to a lot of customers because you know people want to dig in and understand a specific aspect of their business in order to be able to inform a specific decision. And they get stuck up if they have to wait for oh the BI team to go build another dashboard or you know something like that. And so this can just enable people to work faster. We've been doing work with large language models or language models uh, before they got super large, like since the beginning. And so we've been doing two things, which is interpreting the intent. What is it that you're trying to achieve? And then mapping to your data. So what are the fields in your data and the words that you're using and trying to sort of match those things up in order to be able to answer a question. And at the same time in QuickSight, uh, we've been doing some additional work with models to be able to pull insights out. And so this is like tops and bottoms and outliers and, you know, things like that, that are kind of interesting facts that you could, you know, then look into around your business to kind of investigate more. 
But really what sort of has tipped the scales in the last year is this introduction of these new breed AIs, the large language models. And Jillian, it's so exciting because like for the first time, you know, you could talk to these things and people used to get so frustrated. They were like, what, I'm going to talk to this bot thing and it's just going to like make my life awful. And, right? and now it's like, oh, they're conversational. They get me. They really understand me. And so the question is, how can we then apply those given the sort of things that we already have here to be able to help people do more with their data? So true. I think no one wants to write SQL anymore. They just want to be able to ask it questions uh, like their own little pet. <laughs> so um, even though no one, I don't know why I said like a pet, no one talks to their pet and asks uh, questions like that. Ask it to do things like roll over for me. Do my, oh, you know, do my they do. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your BI pet. So now tell me more about the experience of, because I know we've got people who maybe are listening in summer who are familiar with the old experience of Amazon QuickSight and for those who maybe are new and aren't really fully familiar with it. So walk us through like the experience for all the different people who are using QuickSight and you can talk more about dashboards and any other features you want to call out. These people that are using QuickSight uh, first are typically sort of business users trying to like inform a business decision. So this can be you know, a marketing manager or a salesperson or a call center manager or product manager, you know, that's looking at this data and using it to inform a specific decision, but somebody had to build the dashboard. And so there's also this business analyst and that's their professional job, like full time usually is creating these contexts for people to be able to consume the data. And so what we see here is that the business users don't really have a lot of confidence in the answers that they're getting from these systems unless they have additional context to understand them. And so if they don't have that confidence, it means that they won't move forward with their decision. Like they, they can't really use the data. And then simultaneously with these business analysts, what we see is that just like building these dashboards, there's so much like redoing work and like stuff that's undifferentiated and slow. It's just really slow. And so they don't get as much done as they want to get done. I love that. I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening, who have used QuickSight, they definitely think about dashboards. That's really where they go to it. But the people probably aren't really thinking about stories. And when you were showing me stories, that blew my mind. I think a lot of people are so used to now the chatbot style interface. I feel like stories just kind of takes chatbot to like a whole other level. So can you walk, describe people the stories experience? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there are these few experiences that we're bringing to these customers that I was just talking about. So for the business analysts, of course, we're doing something to accelerate dashboard building. And so we had talked about, you and I had talked about that on air a while back, but for those who don't know about it, you can just build visuals and calculations, and then you can refine those visuals using natural language. And it's really fast and it just accelerates your dashboard building process. But really for these business users, that's where you get to scale. That's where you get out to the broadest reach. You know, the entire organization has now got the insights they need. And that's when your business transforms. That's when you start making decisions faster. And so the experiences we're bringing, we have this executive summary. So you can sort of see quickly insights on a dashboard just by clicking a button. And it's so simple. And then 
we have this new Q&A, humanistic Q&A experience, which is a result of the sort of research we've done into what people are actually doing with these Q&A services they have. And one thing we noticed is that people, they, they don't know what questions to ask. So now we, we give them sample questions and, and we even show them kind of profiles of data so they know what they can ask. In their answers, we were talking about this confidence issue. So now we bring these multi-visual answers and the multi-visual answers break down that context and they help people understand like what is going on in this number? Like, why should I believe that it's true? And we even summarize it with some, you know, large language model work. And then finally, we offer to answer questions that are sort of vague. And that's what happens with business users. A lot of the time, they don't know, like they don't know SQL, they don't know the fields that are in the data. They don't know like what specifically to say to get a set of data. But what they do know is that they're interested in how performance of their marketing campaign is on Instagram. So they'll just type in Instagram. So now we can give like complete, almost like mini dashboards that answer like contextually what that is. But what you're saying is even more exciting. So then how do you take it to the next level? I have some findings, you know, that I've made and some things that I've discovered. I want to now tell a story and I want to do that because people are inherently bound to stories. Like we, you know, we used to sit around the campfire and we used to like soak up these stories and like, that's how we transfer information. And so in order to get something really impactful done, a lot of times you need to talk to an entire team. And so stories enable you to do that. And we can actually build amazing stories automatically using AI. And so the AI can pull out using these different models that we've been talking about. It can pull out specific insights from your data. It can bring that together with visuals. It can write a narrative explaining this, like what's going on in multiple parts and all a business user has to do to get this like fantastic end-to-end -end experience is just give a simple prompt. So they can just say like, build me a story examine different parts of our sort of marketing campaigns and make recommendations about how we can improve overall campaign effectiveness. And it will, just from that simple prompt, build, it's surprising, like the things it will build and the kinds of recommendations it can make. It was really mind blowing. I mean, it literally is like, if you took a chat bot where you're used to the text-based Q&A answer response, and then you combined it with a BI tool where you get the actual visual to back up the data. Like you put those together and like literally that's what the story is. Really cool. So I definitely suggest everyone to go and actually like try that part out. I think it's just going to be mind blowing and really going to change your opinion of what it is that you're looking for when you're looking for like a chat bot. You're like, okay, this is, this is what I really want. <laughs> One of the things that I think uh, I hear a lot of customers doing, by the way, Jillian, is they're they're trying to figure out how can I take a large language model, digest data, and then present it back because I think they can do these things. However, you know, what we see is that with the large language models, they're really good at certain things and they're not as good at other things. And so what they're really good at is this like broad world knowledge of bringing that in and even this almost game theory or like theorization about how you can improve your business and bringing those new ideas. And that's really super powerful. But what they're not as good at is math and statistics and, and things of that nature. And so that's why in this solution, what we're doing, and we call it generative BI, because we're bringing together these generative capabilities with 
the statistical models and, and reliable analytics from your BI platform. And so that's what makes it all work is that you get these sort of truthful answers that are that are kind of reliable and uh, sort of specific, but you get them like digested and you get this content, this rich context that comes from large language models. And it makes it kind of a, like a unique experience. It, it's amazing. I mean, you've got bring your data from multiple sources and now have dashboards asking questions of your data, being able to tell stories of your data. I mean, this is just like super cool. I'm really excited to just hear more about what customers actually start doing with this. And, and I've got one, maybe two questions, but one, I know that the listeners who are using QuickSight are probably dying to ask. So one is embedded dashboards. They're like, I want to be able to embed this on my website so my customers can start being able to use this. So many of our customers today in QuickSight are actually building their own application, including analytics provided by QuickSight, because then they don't have to be an analytics expert. Like they don't have to develop that additional set of skills and it automatically scales with your business. So they don't have that extra work to do to be able to like manage those additional sort of resources and things. And it's just very efficacious from a cost perspective. And their customers don't know. Their customers have no idea necessarily what's behind it because it's all brandable and themable and it just looks like it fits right into their application. So we have today the current GA version of QuickSight Q. You can do that. You can just embed it directly in your own web application. And it's just like we've got a one-click embedding or there's an API, but it makes it really simple to just get started with this. However, this new set of capabilities, these new sort of the Amazon Q capabilities with generative BI, those are, are going to have embedding. It's not in the preview today, but it's coming and you'll be able to build these amazing applications that <laughs> include this ability to summarize the sort of new Q&A experiences, being able to build stories. Like you can just throw that into your application. Like how powerful will that be? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Okay. So I got to ask this too, because I feel like now with a lot of large language models, uh, people are like, okay, what? What do I ask? How do I ask it the right way? So what are the best prompts that you've seen customers use? Oh, the best prompts. You know what? Actually, somebody on our team asked for a, a story explaining our WBR, which is the thing we do at Amazon, which is a weekly business review where you look at like different statistics of how our customers are adopting products and stuff. But she wanted to have it in the voice of a pirate. Instead, like what we got is a story. <laughs> Are your customers be increasing at a good clip? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so there's that. I think the best prompts come from being very open ended. So, I, what I see is sometimes people will be very, you know, they'll think that they have to over guideline what they want it to do. So, like, you know, tell me about this specific data and that specific data and that specific data and only in this little slice. And what that does is it actually kind of shackles the large language model, because just like a human, you know, if you go to them and you tell them, you know, somebody you're working with on a team, I want you to do this and this and this, and you're very precise. They're not going to use their creativity. They're not going to go outside the bounds. They're not going to come up with additional, maybe interesting solutions. But if you let it be a little bit more open, if you say like, Hey, what do you think is the best thing to do about X, then it's going to come up with some ideas and they might be really interesting. Super cool. I'm excited for people to get started and start playing around with this. Zach, thank you so much for being here on the ADBIS podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jillian. It was really great to see you again.